Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. And I'm Duncan. And this week, we played Finding Paradise. Finding Paradise was developed and published by Freebird Studios. You can find it on Steam right now for about $10. I think it's also on Mac and Linux. Uh, And it was released December 14th, 2017. And you may uh, know Finding Paradise as the sequel to To the Moon, a game we had played on this podcast a while ago. So I guess up front... Uh, probably going to be spoilers for To the Moon, as well as Finding Paradise, so go check that one out if you have not um, previously listened to it, because this is a, a direct sequel to it. Oh my god, Alex, there's there's, there's several people at my door. They're knocking, they're saying, the, 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 the game that came out in December 2017, they want our hot take on it! They want to oh, know! Man. Well, <laughs> luckily, that's what we're here to do, is give our hot take exactly two years after game's release. <laughs> that's our M.O. There's no more hot takes. Everything else is lukewarm and cold at this point, so it's a fucking clean field for us. Hell yeah, we we're just we're scouring the fields of thoughts. You know, we we're really a a, a thought. We're <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's got going. a different nope. context to it. Nope. <laughs> what were the the evil things in Harry Potter? Dream dementors. Yeah, we're we're thought dementors. We uh oh, you know, we walk up to old takes and steal them and then say they're our own. Is that what Dementors do? I haven't read or watched Harry Potter in a long time. That's they fair. steal happiness or hope or dreams? We're here to I don't steal know. your hopes and dreams. So Thoughts <laughs> from player one. We'll steal your hopes and dreams. Exactly. So um, you want me to just do a quick rundown of this game? Yeah, why don't you give us a spoiler-free at this point? We'll let you know when spoilers are going to come. Uh, give us a spoiler-free pitch on the game just so people know what they're they're getting themselves into. So, fanning, finding... <laughs> Finding Finding Paradise (laughs) Finding Paradise Finding Paradise uh, is a game top down RPG maker style game Uh, little to no gameplay there on on that end a little little bit of puzzles a little bit of fun there but it's a story game that follows uh, Eva and Neil Watts if you remember to the moon they are working for Sigmund Corp who are assigned to fulfilling the lifelong dreams of patients who are on their deathbed. So they're going into their memories. They're going backwards from their most recent memory, getting mementos, unlocking memories, learning about the person. And eventually their goal is to make that wish a reality in their head. So in their dying moments, they think they did the thing that they wished for. And this one, this one follows Colin Reeds, who... Um, basically wants you to change some things without changing anything at all. Hmm. God, he fucking sounds like me. He (laughs) sounds like me if I use the service. Yeah, I don't really know what I want, but could you, like, I don't want you to change anything, but could you make it all better? Ah, but just don't change anything. (laughs) Sounds like me at a therapist's office. Okay. (laughs) Um, no, no medications. I don't want to try any self-help things. Just change everything, right? (laughs) Just make it better. I don't want to be a part of this. (laughs) So, that's, that's kind of your, your brief summary here. And before we get, like, really deep into this story because i want to talk about some steps in this some thoughts some choices uh i want to ask all right okay this is heavy this is heavy oh i'm I'm, let me sit down (laughs) this is heavy be (laughs) sure you're ready to lift lift from the knees please 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 oh my knees are bad though (laughs) then lift from your spine that'll be perfect um um 
you are dying. Okay? What is your dying wish to have Sigmund Corp change your memories? Okay. Hold on. I'm going to think Think about it. Back to what I'm pretty sure we would have said if we did this bit during To the Moon. I don't know if we did or not. Oh. Hmm. I don't think we did. I don't. I honestly. If we did. If we did. Our thoughts have probably changed on it. Yeah. These thoughts from player one are new. I guess I would wish I didn't say the thing I just did. (laughs) That would be a really (laughs) short game. Yeah, but they'd probably be able to do it. All right, I'm going to give mine, and maybe you can think of a better one. I'll think about it. I'll think about it, yeah. All right, I would make it. This would be a tough job, but I think they could do it. I would make it so all the perceptions I had about being an adult when I was a kid, reality. Mm. Like, like... You know, like the what do you mean? Like the fun freedom, where it's like you can really do whatever. Like you're not bound by like you have a job, but that's whatever. That part will be super fun and awesome. And like you don't gotta like my perception of adult life as a kid was more carefree than my kid life. Is that normal? That you're that's yes, that's very normal. So I wish that like when I got out of those teen years, I'm like, wow, I'm actually am free as an adult. And yeah, I, that's my life pretty was good. pretty much the same, except now I didn't have to work, and I just, you know, do what I wanted to do. But maybe I worked, but it was super chill and cool. That would take a lot of work, wouldn't it? That would be. They would have to restructure every <laughs> aspect of all of your memories to make you have existed in a different world. In society, yeah, I mean, they'd have yeah. to forge it entirely. That would be the. I, do you think they have packages at Sigmund Corp? <laughs> <laughs> I would like the I wish this world was different package. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you got anything else? You think it's just that's, that sentence. That's like, good. So honestly, honestly, and this is maybe even something I'll talk a little bit more later on, because this is like a basic ass one. But if I'm going to I'm dying, right, I'm going out for whatever reason. I think it would actually be really cool to have them make me think that I was like a pretty famous musician. Um, yeah. Because, and, and they mention it, you know, in the game, but I think it would be, like, for a long time I have been, not obsessed, but I think it would be really, really cool. Like, that feeling of standing on a stage, looking at, like, a crowd of thousands of people all waiting for you to play music, and then, like, strumming a chord and hearing everyone, like, go insane. Like, that would be so, I just want that exact experience. I don't want the rest of the life so much. Yeah. I just want that singular moment that would be so fucking cool i promise we'll get to the game but two quick things um okay you, you, if anyone else feels like that and uh, this is kind of a i don't know kind of a generic uh recommendation but uh ninja sex party has a song called danny don't you know where it's him in the mm, past mm-hmm. looking forward fuck that song fucks me up when i think about that kind of stuff and anyways that's a really good song. also i love this song. also what do you think what kind of music genre would you play? And then I promise we'll get to the game. Oh, man. Probably, I mean, look, the default answer is always ska because sure. I like me some ska. Sure. Um, but you're not going to get a crowd of 50,000 people with ska. That's just the reality of it. Um, ooh, that's, a, that's such a good question. I don't know. Hmm. Honestly, All if right. it's not ska, I don't know. Uh, dealer's choice. <laughs> Whatever makes sense <laughs> is what you could tell exactly. Eva and, and uh, Neil. Okay. All right. That was fun. All right. Thank you for indulging us. 
I'm going to give my personal feelings, spoiler-free feelings on the game. I'm going to pitch it to you in an idea of like, hey, this is if you want to play this game or not want to play this game, this is your chance now to kind of receive a pitch on what we kind of think about it spoiler-free. Go for it, Alex. Hit me. All right. Spoiler-free. I will say, uh, I I think generally I really enjoyed Finding Paradise. Um, I think... Overall, and I'll talk about specifics as to why I feel this way, I did not find it to be as quite as engaging of an experience as To the Moon. Um, I, I did find myself frustrated by a lot of the mechanics um, just surrounding the game, and, and, and certain character quirks bothered me. But overall, I still do think it is a, a very well-written game. I think the story is still relatively touching, uh, and I think it's a it's a game that more so than to the moon kind of toys around with some of the ideas of what this technology means and kind of the world that it exists in Uh, and i think generally it's uh for those reasons i would definitely recommend it if you're interested in you know just sitting down and having four hours of an experience that you'll you'll probably enjoy i don't give it quite as high a recommendation as to the moon like i said but i do think it's it's definitely still worth your time definitely still engaging enough definitely i'm gonna give a similar if you have not played to the moon, play that. And then yeah, yeah. if you thought that that was really cool and fun, play this. If you were like, that was cool, but not really 100% my thing, I feel like you could skip this one. It's good. Yeah. Um, it is engaging. Uh, I had a hard time putting it down while I was playing it just because I'm like, ooh, what's next? What's next? What's next? It's mm-hmm. definitely one of those games for me personally. Kind of like a book hard to put down, uh, but in the form of video game. I don't know what that comment meant. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I don't know what that meant. Uh, yeah. But uh, I found it very entertaining. Uh, and again, if you like To the Moon, you'll probably like this one too. So. Yeah. Now, on to the show. This one follows Colin. He's the new Spoilers patient. from here on yeah, out. Spoilers from here on out. This one follows Colin. He is the new patient. So we arrive, and by we, I mean Eva and Neil. It's Eva, right? Eva, Eva, yeah, probably. It's probably not Ava. Eva? I think it's Eva. Eva. It could be Ava. I don't know, man. Okay, we're going to do Eva for now. So Eva and Neil are uh, driving to this new patient. Um, this new patient's name is Colin. He lives in an apartment with his wife, Sophia, and they have a son named Asher who is there at the moment as well. So, excuse me. Uh, Colin is currently on some form of life support and uh, kind of just another day in the biz for uh, the the doctor friends. They've kind of got this nice, wacky, uh, you know, buddy cop relationship that's a lot of fun to uh, track throughout the game. And they um, meet up with his wife, who is kind of less than enthused about his decisions yeah. to do this. Uh, so mm-hmm. little standoff. Yeah. So you talk to her and you talk to, um, uh, their son Asher for a little bit and they're more confused about why he might want this and kind of share their concerns of like, well, was it, you know, was it his life good enough with us? What is it that he would want to change? And we're kind of like, well, you know, we got to get in there and figure it out. Uh, yeah, so we got to do our job. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the two, uh, jump into Colin's memories and they quickly learn 
that they're traveling in his memories in a very different direction. Because normally you're going from the most recent memory, which would be his eldest memory, to the youngest. That's kind of how it happened into the moon. However, this time they're going from old to young to old to youngest, you know, uh, in a what they are calling a decaying orbit, which I'm saying that like, <laughs> like as if someone might call it that, but that's probably a, you know, actual <laughs> scientific term. Uh, so, uh, and it's centering around this point in his young adult life. So they're kind of confused about how that's working and it would be confusing for us to tell the story in that manner as well. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is because his life after the middle adult life is kind of the more like general part of his life that isn't as, um, impactful for us to know what Colin's going through. I'm gonna, we're going to go through that one first. Do you want to take care of that one, Alex? Yeah, I can take care of his elder years. Um, so basically, and again, we're going to go through kind of quickly, not talk about every little specific instance, um, but basically the, the memories you get from him from his young adult life up through basically the time he calls Sigmund Corp uh, have to do with him you know, starting his relationship with his wife, Sophia, who you've met. Um, they kind of meet at an orchestra practice where he's going in there to play the cello and just kind of first day at the orchestra, orchestra practice. Uh, and he, you know, runs into this woman who, you know, Sophia is playing the piano extremely well. Uh, you do kind of see this throughout the rest of their memories. It becomes kind of a theme of like, oh, yeah, him playing cello and not being great at it and her playing like melodies over him playing cello um so yeah it, it follows them as they get married take a dream vacation out to bora bora it follows as he um gets a job as an airline pilot which is a dream that he had always had uh and then eventually they have their their son asher and kind of we don't really get much of his early years we just get him being born uh, and then the next kind of jump forward we see is them bugging him for not giving them grandkids so we miss a couple of years here and there <laughs> yeah. um and just a very good scene of them trying to set him up with other people and trying to talk about like oh well we could probably we should send the pictures of this one oh don't send the pictures to have the duck face he won't like that yeah. it's all very the good. good the one with the uh, good lighting angles <laughs> the one with the good lighting uh and then following up on that we get um, just the scene where he actually you know as he is older him arguing with sophia about being interested in using Sigmund Corp services into him, um, you know, going there and talking to them and requesting like, hey, I actually want you to, to come do this and giving them kind of the abstract idea of I want you to, like, I don't really necessarily know what I want. I don't want you to get rid of any of my memories of like my family. I don't want you to change any of that stuff. I just, you know, I have regrets and I want my life to have been better. I want to feel more fulfilled with it. Um, and again, kind of diving a little bit into the divide this created between him and his son and wife and how eventually they sort of accept that this is what he wants, even if they are still a little uncomfortable with it. Um, and that leads up to the end. But all of that is interspersed by him as a young child, which, Duncan, you can kind of take over oh, now. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, fun. So um, we're, we're, I'm starting off in his youngest memory here. Uh, so we're shown that his parents aren't really around as much. They seem like, which is, this is kind of nice. They they care about him a lot, like, but they clearly just have a ton of work. Like, they must go to work often mm -hmm. to keep them supported. It looks like they live in, like, some sort of, like, New York-ish city. That's my best guess on, like, location-wise. Because they're, like, yeah, really, I... he lives in a super tall apartment building with a um, balcony and stuff like that. So... 
historically only in New York City do you find tall apartment buildings. But the city skyline. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> barely there. Uh, it's like nine and a half buildings. Listen, a lot of stuff with this, it's all in your head. <laughs> yeah, they don't give you any indication whatsoever. Okay, so I, so <laughs> that's a fair guess as much as anything else. So um, speaking of his balcony, he uh, goes out to his balcony and uh, across in another building, he meets a girl named Faye. So um, Faye and uh, him kind of develop this cute, like, oh, they're, you know, apart from the comp- apartment complex building. So they, like, talk over each other. And, like, he's trying to send paper airplanes over to her with, like, notes in them or whatever, or, you know, words mm-hmm. that he can't get out. Um, and But it keeps flying back to him. And it's kind of silly. And <laughs> Faye is much more silly and carefree, where Colin is a lot more... Um, reserved and like a little negative but not like to a terribly bad point yeah he's not like negging himself but you can definitely tell he probably has low self-esteem and self-confidence yeah. so she says i go to a private school and he says oh, i go to the public school but they decide to walk to school anyways together um and we kind of jump forward and they're walking up this hill and he's playing scales on his cello and she's playing the guitar and like they discuss about how you know he should learn a little bit more than scales and he's like yeah but that's all i can do and he practices in the bathroom because the sound the reverb (laughs) sounds cool but you know all that good stuff and um Jumping into his more teenage years, uh, he's trying to fly a paper airplane over to her. And uh, when he finally gets one over, the two kind of, like, discuss why he likes these paper airplanes so much. And he says, you know, I've always liked the idea of flying. Um, so she's like, then go to pilot school. And he's like, I can't do that. That's that's impossible. And she's pretty much like, you just go to the school and ask. <laughs> go ask the don of the mafia yeah. Teach yeah yeah so they uh they go to the uh pilot school and she's with them the whole time and they um they he visualizes it differently in his head like alex said the uh <laughs> the leader of the um or the manager or whatever of the airport is like the like a a mafia boss for some reason he's the godfather he's the godfather, he's just the yeah, godfather. yeah yeah they do a bunch of funny godfather jokes um, so, uh, at this point, Dr. Watts, or, or I keep on calling him Dr. Watts because I just like that name better. Neil and Eva, um, are like, okay, I think I get it now. He wants to be with this girl. This is what it's all about. This must be what it's all about. It's all decaying around this orbit. This is, there must be something that happens within their relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, we are at the airport in his memories, and uh, there was a report or pills that Dr. Watts needed to step out of the machine to grab. Uh, and then while he's out there grabbing those pills, he gets a call from Eva, and she's attempting to tell him something that something isn't right here. Something is happening. Something, and then she gets cut off. The twist is, as we find out, that uh they cannot find any information whatsoever about Faye or her being born or what she is up to in her life uh, and as it becomes clear Faye is not actually a real person Faye was an imaginary friend of Colin the entire time that he kind of you know 
used is a weird word, but he kind of had her as like a, a coping mechanism and a way to like help get through tough times in his life and help encourage him to do things that he wanted to do. Um, which sounds really nice, but the game gets real kind of creepy here yeah. for a little while when um, the Fae that exists inside Colin's memory, and again, this all gets sort of weird, gains consciousness, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, and hears them talking about how they probably need to get rid of Faye so that Colin can be happy with his current family, uh, and basically says, no, that's not what he wants, get out of here, uh, and begins and this this again this all gets a little weird he be she begins sort of like chasing down dr watts when he's back in the machine as ava is mysteriously missing and they have a bunch of like pretty good pretty fun fight scenes that are very 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 gamey um so they do you know a whole bunch of different things as like uh, neil is trying to access different memories and trying to change things about it um trying to get rid of this version of Faye, and she is trying to stop him from doing that, uh, until eventually, after he continually loses, uh, Ava manages to do something from outside the machine to kind of control Faye's power, uh, and then once she is under control, they are able to kind of figure out what they want to do and how they can make Colin the most happy. Uh, and then you can you can finish out here, Duncan, because this part gets a little little weird, and I sort of lose the thread a yeah, little bit. Sorry, you stopped at the uh, about uh, when they stop Faye. When they okay, all right. So, whew, all right. So they, even Neil are rejoined <laughs> together, and they're at that center of the orbit. Faye no longer has control, and um, she's kind of like frozen in time. And they they can finally access the final memory. So. They access this final memory, and it is Neil. I'm oh, sorry, Neil. It is. Uh, <laughs> He's been there the whole time. <laughs> He's just best friends with him the whole time. Um, Colin. They see Colin and Faye going up a the same hill where they played music at earlier. Um, but they're having a discussion. Colin um, is kind of saying like hey i'm sorry that we don't talk as much and she's like no i get it you know you've got you got other stuff Mm -hmm. going on and it's this kind of like touching moment where they lay down together in the grass under a tree and they discuss like you know things aren't going to be the same and they never have been and you know like when i'm going to come back to you and come back to visit but i need to go that's what Faye is saying and that like one day when you're older we can rejoin and you can tell me about your life and all that stuff and it's this kind of like it's set to a backdrop of knowing that she's not real but if she was it would be super touching but then you start to question it's like well like she is though kind of um so Still not knowing what she want, what Colin wants, she grows wings and flies away, um, which I guess <laughs> is connected to one of their other games. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk yeah. about that when okay, we get cool. there. So, a little um, bit. after that memory is saw, Colin's health deteriorates rapidly because they're using sedatives. You know, he's he is on his deathbed, quite literally, so it's uh, not going great. So, they have to figure out what's going on before he passes away. And as the memory breaks, Neil again... Uh, is kind of separated from Eva and from Faye and from everything. And he's seeing all these disjointed memories about Sigmund Corp, about, um, you know, about his family and about Faye. And I don't know how Neil realizes this, but he realizes that what needs to change was them. He needs to know that, 
or he needs to not know that there was never the ability to, you know, change things in your memories in the first place so he could know that he could never not change the things he regretted. It's very okay. abstract. I, I played the game and that sentence didn't make sense okay. to me. That's all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, so it, it's really like he he wants to remove them from Colin's memories. Like he wants to remove Yeah, it basically Yeah. The 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 gist that I got from it in layman uh, not layman and like a pulled back term is he needs to like have Colin come to the realization that actually his life was not missing anything all along. Oh, uh, and the final scene of like, you know, after Neil realizes this and basically tells Faye, like, hey, we don't want to delete you. We don't want to remove you from his memories. Um, we, you know, we are the problem, but he's dying. And it's like they need to remove themselves from the headset because I think there's something that happens when a patient is dying and you have the headset on that you need to be out of mm-hmm. there or you need to finish the job. And um, he gives all of the access to Faye. And Faye pretty much says, like, hey, thank you, no one has ever seen me like this. Like, no one else has ever known of my existence. And I personally think that is more what Colin wanted out of his life than more the other stuff, is that Faye is still a part of his consciousness. So it's almost like, you know, Faye in some way also needed to be recognized. And, you know, in kind of a outside of Colin's uh consciousness it's really strange there's a lot hmm. of i feel like yeah. this one like to the moon was very abstract and then it got like pretty clear cut and like you're like oh okay i get it now this one's a little bit more like kind of up to your own interpretation of what they did so they give uh Faye the control to change colin's memories as he's dying because they can't do it and uh, she goes through and wipes memories of their visit in his mind and uh sigmund corp never happened and he lived happily with his family yeah and also got an opportunity to you know talk to colin again like she spoke to him in the scene shortly before he would then call sigmund corp um and then you know the normal life and said you know goodbye and just had a, a little bit of time to like not really catch up, but just a little time to, like, recognize each other again. You know, like old friends, you know, a quick hug before Colin immediately dies. You know what I like to think about? And by like, I mean hate. Yeah, what's up? I like to... <laughs> I hate to think that Colin, you know, let's just go with a uh, any religious fair that has you go to some sort of heaven or, you know, anything like that. And then get up there and look down... And God be like, that you know, that never happened. <laughs> and he just wasted so much money and time. And just be like, yeah, that didn't happen though. <laughs> like just an immediate realization. Um, Damn, good good use of fifty thousand dollars, dude. I hope your grandkids didn't want to go to college. Actually, you go into the hell place. <laughs> maybe, maybe sit this one out in purgatory for a while. Think about what actually happened. Uh, a funny way to wrap up oh. this very somber but yet happy story. Yeah, 
uh, and just kind of, you know, we'll move right into discussion here. I think, like you had mentioned, uh, part of the reason that I hesitate to recommend this game as strongly as I did To the Moon was I don't think the ending necessarily worked quite as cleanly as To the Moon did. I don't think it worked quite as cleanly as maybe they hoped it did. Um, because there's just so much abstraction with, with Faye and what she is and what she is supposed to represent and whether she is, like, a part of his consciousness that he is aware of or a part of his consciousness that he has forgotten of, but she is just trying to keep him happy. Or I, I don't think all of those come together in a way that is completely satisfying. I think the game up to the point like where they are having a discussion on the hill is really good, and I, minus a couple of the weird kind of gimmicky parts, but I think the game as a whole, the story kind of suffers for a little bit of that abstraction. Hmm. Um, And it, you know, it felt a little weird. And it's also, again, and this is something I literally forgot until today, it ties in pretty strongly with another game of theirs called A Bird Story, um, which I I played that game. I played it in 2014, so it's been a while. um, But that game is, it's literally about Colin as a kid. um, And he tells, he even tells this story very briefly in the game of like finding a bird and that bird being his only friend. Um, and this, you know, a bird story is about him finding that bird and that bird, like, being his friend in an otherwise very lonely and difficult life. Uh, it's, it's a very short game. It's like an hour long or something. Um, and then there's, you know, we get a lot of that imagery out of Faye, who is, uh, in a lot of interpretations, supposed to be kind of like the abstraction of what that bird was for him in terms of, like, keeping him company and making him feel worthwhile, um, which is why she literally grows bird wings to hug him at one point, um, and why she encourages him to go flying, and I think a lot of those things work better having played that game, and I wish that I had remembered that and played the game before playing the second one here, because it probably would have clicked a lot sooner for me. Yeah, I mean, why couldn't they just put Bird Story in the middle of this game? I mean, you know. It's interesting. I I think that this ending... I have my own canon of it in my head, right? Like, I, I just pretty mm-hmm. much obliterated the whole scene of Neil being like, I know, it's us! I just don't... I don't jive with that. I really love the idea that, like, the whole point was for you to see something. That's why it's kind of like, I don't want you to change anything, but I want you to witness. You know what I mean? I love that idea as a canon like of what actually happened but i know there's that's not it so i've kind of like made my own i've sigmund corped myself essentially (laughs) thinking that this is actually what happened because i like that idea better um yeah i i do too i really like that that interpretation of it and I, i think there's enough there that you can grab onto that i don't think it is like totally unintentional that you've latched onto that idea i think there's just other parts of it that you are pushing to the side and honestly i i think that's fine you know whatever whatever part of the ending resonates with you emotionally i think is the part that you should gravitate towards and, and fixate on a little in a bit decaying more orbit of course in a decaying orbit obviously always in a decaying yes, yes, orbit yes, yes, yes. so what do you wait, wait you want to jump into some questions yeah, I mean, let's move on to some questions. I don't have too much more to say um, in general before we get into some of these things. So let's uh, let's move on to some questions, huh? Yeah. You want me to? You want me? All to right. Do yeah, you know, you've been starting everything this <laughs> time around. Why don't you start the questions too, Duncan? <laughs> well, this way you can give your thought first. That way you okay, don't have to be yeah, like, yeah, like me it. too, because we're the same person. 
All right. So well, I mean, <laughs> most of the time. So yeah. I mean, this this game is really focused on Colin's younger years. I think, um, and yeah. and we're kind of getting him uh, depicted very often as like a really lonely kid, doesn't have any friends. How do you feel this developed in the game? Do you think he actually seemed lonely? Do you think this is like fabricated to work with the plot? What, what were your thoughts on it? I think, generally speaking, this was not enough of a focal point for me to latch onto it. Um, and again, I think they do portray more of this in a bird story, but it's not, you know, that's not the game we're talking about. I didn't, it's been five years since I played that game, so I don't really remember it. But I feel like, you know, walking through a playground, you'll get a, you know, a line of dialogue that talks about how Colin's kind of a weird kid who's always by himself, and you don't really see him with any peers his age, um, and everything is kind of, like, a little bit over the top, so you can clearly tell he's in his own head, but I I don't know. It, it, it felt like Faye being kind of that push that he needed, kind of being that, like, grounding figure in his life because he needed uh, an imaginary friend, because he didn't kind of have anybody to give him that push anyway with his parents being gone. Like, that almost feels like something that I had to construct afterwards. It felt like there was not much there, you know? At no point when I was playing through the game did I think to myself, man, Colin seems like he's a really lonely kid. Hmm. I don't... Well... Maybe I just wasn't picking up on that or wasn't looking for that, but that's definitely not much of what i got going through i the think game. almost by second youngest memory we're introduced to Faye. like i don't think we have a lot yeah. of like before information and i think the game does something where um <clears throat> it makes you think back to once you learn Faye as an imaginary friend it makes you think back to the other scenes where he's showing Faye around his school like also mm -hmm. if if that's what you think is fun <laughs> Maybe you are a lonely <laughs> kid. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, maybe, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just speaking in the game's context. If if your idea of a fun time, you know, I, I think, actually, I think these actions are more wrapped around Colin's subconscious knowing that you can't, like, be like, let's play on the playground with Faye. And it's just a scene of yeah. him on a seesaw, like, just on the downside with nobody to, uh, distribute the weight yeah. like that would suck uh so it makes sense that his uh his uh activities would only involve things where she could participate um but mm -hmm. i mean i agree with you there's not enough context but i almost wish they would have never mentioned it and just let me fill in those gaps because i feel like i could have done more damage to that concept or like made that concept higher in my head if excuse me they didn't try and sell it to me you know what i mean mm. like where it's like you know, something else, maybe just quickly referencing that. But also, I, don't, I just don't think there's enough in his personality to really, like, drag him down like that. That's fair. I think, hmm, that actually might be part of it for me, is, is that last thing you said there, that I just don't get, like, a strong personality from Colin for a lot of oh, the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just... He's just sort of there can for we just a talk about that? I... I feel like I don't really know Colin. I feel like I jumped through five hours of yeah. his life, but I don't know w who he is. It felt more like Faye's story than it did Colin's. It was way more of Faye's story. And, like, I really... So I'll say, like, old Colin, like, when he's in his elder years, I really like that character. Like, he's, you know, 
having small disputes with his wife and joking about their kid and whether or not they're going to get grandkids. Like, there's a little bit there. And then, like, his internal struggle of... And I, there's a scene early on when he's in Sigmund Corp offices that I really, really liked where he's talking... He's just saying, hey, I just want to make sure I've done enough. You know, yeah. I... I, I don't have any time left. I want to have done enough with my time. I'm scared that I haven't. I have regrets. Like, I really like that character. And then we just get, like, no more of that for the rest of the game. Yeah. And it just, it feels empty. It's, I don't think he's, like, a poorly written character. He's just not a strong personality in a game filled to the brim with very strong personalities. And a series as a whole. I mean, and media as I mean, there's just... I think Colin is very, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. I think Colin is very bread and butter, even in his later years. I, I just don't think he has like a lot of, um, a lot of like distinguishing traits that we see in like characters and media and things like that. I think he, he is the most realistic person in the sense where he just like, he does his job. He has a wife, kids, nothing like terribly abstract or like weird happens to him like it's just his life in the adult years and i think there's something weird about how fast his life seemed to pass by in the memories that we got but also in the way he perceives himself when he's in the office of being like i haven't done enough you know what i mean like and i wonder Mm -hmm. if that's just representation of just him kind of repeating these cycles but there's just I don't know. He it's weird because in the beginning he talks so much about regrets he's had and like these these things and that <laughs> yeah, never But comes every back. regret you have is like, "Oh, I spilled wine on my honeymoon." It's like, who fucking cares? Why is he so folk? He I think Colin has some form of like it's got to be some form of like anxiety being like or not uh, thinking too highly of issues that are so low like you know, like the whole spilling, like you said, at that at their honeymoon, mm-hmm. there's a scene where we get a, a spilt drink and he's like apologizing about it while uh, while wiping the table down. And I don't know. It, it was it's yeah. very weird how he talks about his regrets, but nothing actually really happened about his regrets. And also we changed nothing about his regrets. Yeah. And that, you know, that's fine. Like, that was kind of the central theme of the game with, hey, learning to accept things as they are, learning to, like, accept where you were and what got you there. But I just don't, I don't, in a game, in a series that is, like, so over the top with so much of what it does, the guy who just sort of shows up and is a little bit self, uh, not a little bit self-conscious, the guy who is, like, has self-esteem issues just didn't kind of stand out at all. And I don't feel like jumping around his life. We really like, it always felt like the same person, every single jump. Like I never, it was never like, Oh, he's clearly going through something here. Oh, he's clearly like really happy here. It was always just him doing the same thing. Right. Like if you look back at to the moon and again, a comparison, I don't love to do like direct comparisons between two things. Um, but these are direct sequels and very similar games in the way that they structure everything. So like, I don't want to, not do a comparison here, but, like, Johnny, you get so much of his character. You get, like, his carefree younger years. You get, like, how the accident, like, traumatized him. You get him kind of coming out of his shell as he's introduced to River. You get, like, their happy life. Then you get how they are trying to deal with various traumas and issues. And, like, him, you get a very real sense of him trying to keep it together while everything around him is collapsing. Like, I distinctly got all of those feelings from that character, Colin, I just sort of felt like he had an imaginary friend 
and that helped him achieve the goals that he wanted that he didn't also seem to care that much about anyway. Yeah, for sure. And I think you can even say that for the game where it's like in a way and, and not to I really did enjoy it. Like I feel like I I don't want to I don't yeah, want to seem like I'm dumpstering it. It's just like I do think that we really the game really with Colin wanted to get to this I feel like they had a very good idea where it's like, what if imaginary friend and then imaginary friend is conscious within the memories you're jumping through? Fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very cool idea. But I just feel like the backing on it wasn't enough for me to be, like, wicked sold on it versus, you know, the work that we saw into the moon, you know? Yeah. It it, it felt like a gotcha for the sake of a gotcha, not a gotcha that was the, like, actual lynch. It felt, or rather, it did feel like the linchpin of the whole story. It didn't feel like a well-constructed story that had, like, kind of a, a twist right. in it, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, and, and again, like you said, I don't want to, like, I, I liked the game. I enjoyed it. I was listening to the music on the way home today. Like, it's, it's a very good game that's constructed um, pretty well. It's written really well. Uh, they they really go hard into the goofy scenes this time around, the same way that they did in To the Moon. Um did they did these work for you generally speaking like the hey in the middle of this like emotional moment we're then gonna have neil do like a fucking hadoken or something (laughs) guys i love don't get me wrong i love the eva neil like buddy buddy thing but you're making Neil seem like a real piece of shit. And maybe he is, but like, he just, he's such an asshole throughout the whole thing. And I do think that's sort of the point. Uh. Like, you know, he's just kind of like a goof who I think he hides. He doesn't hide, but he covers, he deals with a lot of the things that he's seeing throughout someone's life with kind of like a very anime attitude of like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to joke around. And like, he like, I I don't know. I kind of like the Eva being like, Neil for real skis like we could just we could just jump but he has to pull down the moon and they have to use the gravitational pull <laughs> from the moon to get on top of the building but he does so with a Legend of Zelda hook shot and it's kind of like uh this is fun that okay that one I yeah it's just like it, it, I don't know it, the scenes are fun like all of the scenes are fun, but it just really paints an image of Neil not being able to fucking read the yeah. room a lot of yeah. the times. It's like this was cool when it was like, haha, look, he Colin tripped and landed in a puddle of water. Haha. <laughs> all right, cool. Let's ride this horse into the moon or like none of that actually happened. But like, you know, an over the top shit like that, fun, but then it's like it gets pretty mildly serious very quickly, and then that sort of that tone just doesn't really let up from Neil. Like, even though he does seem to take it all very seriously, he seems to acknowledge the, like, you know, the heaviness of what's going on, and then he just doesn't, like, play off of it, and it just, it was the same thing in To the Moon, it just doesn't, doesn't jive with me, the tone changes are too drastic. I will say, though, in the, the Faye-Neil, like, battle scenes, I think when Mm -hmm. he did the transformation with the swords and, like, the big armor, and then she just, like obliterated it in a second because she had superpowers in that moment don't ask me anymore don't at me about the superpower scene i don't care uh, <laughs> like it's just i just it, it happened it happened uh i think those were fine yeah. but and this kind of leads me to something else i wanted to talk about is this happened before with like the weird school like zombie scene in the, in the first one format 
of this yeah. game, it kind of, I did feel a little cheated with how these similar, the story formats were. Do you know what I mean? It's very, it's very bit. like, okay, let me introduce you to these characters and their homes. Now let's descend through their lives. Um, and, you know, we did have the decaying orbit in this one, but, you know, essentially all coming to one point in their life, mm-hmm. learning about that moment, the headset or the patient, something goes terribly wrong, wicked, you know, uh, uh, creepy-ish, you know, mind-bending stuff happens. They solve it, very emotional moment, and then end. You know what I mean? Like, there's the exact same story beats. And I thought they use some of the same structure from To the Moon, and I don't hate it, but it did feel a little bit like I was, like, watching an episode of House again, where it's like they do the same thing, where, like, House Mm, figures it out mm -hmm. through personal issues, and he's always an asshole to everyone, and, like, Eva and Neil have the same kind of personality traits they did the last time, and, like, that very minor, but it did make me feel slightly cheated a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I felt that playing through the game was like, oh, this is very, very similar in a lot of ways, um, which I think is why I'm so keen on drawing comparisons between the two games, because it felt like I played, you know, it felt like I was just playing to the moon again, um, and I, I, I do, again, I want to be careful because I don't want to, like, use that as grounding to say that something in this game was bad just because it's retreaded ground, because I do think they did it well, but I think I think during development or during the writing process, maybe they thought it would come off as more different than it actually right. did, but it definitely felt very samey a lot of the time. You know, different themes, different characters, but like you said, same story structure. For sure. So, yeah, but go ahead. Sorry. We have spent a lot of time dunking on this game, and now I'm feeling a little self-conscious about that. So let's talk about no. um, let's talk about the you know meta narrative. No, let's talk no, about hold thing on. That stop, is... stop, 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 stop. I think I don't think this is dunking. I think it's important to be critical about media that you love. I love these games. I I think they're wicked important to me as a way to be like, hey, listen, you can tell a narrative in this RPG maker format that. I've seen so many times on the internet and I've no interest in playing and like they do it in such a way that's extremely charming. And like, it's just, it's such a wicked, interesting concept and I love it so much and I want the best for it. And because we're talking about these things, it doesn't mean we're dunking on it. I just think we're very critical that's... about the things that we love. I, if, if I didn't care about this game and I really wanted to dunk on it, there's so many, like, I feel like I could talk about it in such a different way, but I'm like, I'm talking about it in more of like a, at least I hope I, it seems like I'm coming at it more of like a, this is why I have these feelings of difference and I feel passionate about it. You know what I mean? About the topic. So I don't know. I Mm. hope it comes off that way or if that was even worth saying. That is totally fair. And I do think it's worth saying. I just, I think it felt maybe more intensive than that just because we had spent like 15 minutes talking about specifically how we didn't like Colin that much and how the narrative was reused. Yeah, but Colin sucks. Um, but what? <laughs> and the narrative was reused. I mean, I don't think anything we said was wrong. Um, it just, you know, I want to, I, 
I want a you know, compliment sandwich. Okay. You know, right. compliment you're sandwich. Right. You know we'll what? Tell, you're we'll... Right. Compliment sandwich. Wait, where's the bread? Wait, Except where's for, the bread? Hold on. Reverse, reverse compliment sandwich. Reverse compliment Wait, you sandwich. Mean we're gonna go back Criticism to sandwich. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dunk, and now let's talk about some good things, and then we maybe we dunk a little more at the end. Okay. Who knows? Right. You know. Um, but I, I want to talk about the. Uh, I want to talk about the meta narrative of this game uh, a little bit because that's something that I think they didn't really. They didn't do as much of it into the moon at all. They kind of like introduce some of these ideas and kind of like here's Sigmund Corp, here's this, here's that. But then, you know, this is how everything works. And then they just kind of went through it and they ran into some complications, but it was just complications, right? But this one seemed more interested in setting up a world and a story surrounding these consistent characters. You know, it, um, something that we didn't really touch on in the story summary because it didn't fit into the primary story is like the... The headset that Ava and Neil are using is not like the headset they're supposed to be using. Neil had said that he made some changes to it and didn't have time to put it all completely back together. But it's the same one. It just doesn't have the shell on it. But we do come to find out throughout the course of the game that that's not actually true. It's it's one that he is, you know, he has made significant modifications to. It's kind of like his own prototype version of it. Um, so we get a little bit of that, and also we get the um, like we get the interaction between neil and ava and sophia and asher about like hey what you know what are you doing in there why should this be happening um and that kind of like investment in the world a little bit of like what does this technology look like not just to the people who are using it but to the people associated by it and i i want to know kind of your thoughts on did any of that work for you? Were you really just here for the emotional story told inside the memory of the person dying? Like, how did how did that come across to you? Because for me personally, it was the thing that I wish they had spent a lot more time on because I found it very interesting. Yeah, I uh, I really love the second part we talked. You kind of touched on of like discussing the um, why you would want to do this or the ethics between the family and the conflict between the family. I think that is the most interesting part. The whole like Neil, Eva and the, the folks from Sigma Corp about using the alternate headset. I think it works well, but you've teased me too much. You gave me a little, you <laughs> gave me a little feeling on the end of the first one. And I feel like there's this like, why is he, you know, why is he using this different headset? Why is it his own code? And, like, it's good. I like this kind of, like, maybe Neil isn't a... Maybe Neil is planning some really, like, weird stuff or, like, something, some kind of sinister mm. plot or something else. I like that, but you didn't give me enough of it for me to, like, applaud... In a way where I'm like, you didn't give me enough. I wanted to know a little bit more. And I know they're trying to, like, make it more episodic. So I come back and learn more about it. Um, but, again, yeah. uh, dunk sandwich. Uh, so so <laughs> I, did, I did really, really love the scene, like, where Asher takes you aside. And he's like, hey, um, what what is in there? Like, what, what are you guys changing? What are you doing? And you can choose to tell him or not tell him. Honestly thought about that one for a while. That's tough. Cause I mean, it, it in, in a world uh, that we live in right now, you know what I mean? Like HIPAA or like, you know, health privacy is a big deal. You don't want it. If you 
didn't want your brother to know about, you know, something that was going on in, medically in your life, you can withhold that information. But it's like, mm. are memories that you are in technically, like, under some sort of HIPAA law? Like, what is all that garbage? Like, I like thinking about that kind of stuff <laughs> and thinking about the privacy of what is essentially, you know, a dying person. Like, what is privacy yeah. at that point? You know what I mean? It's their family. Like, when did she want to know kind of thing? And it it gets very dicey at that point. And I, I think that opened my mind to a lot of things. And I think that is, like, I talked to somebody from work today. Um, they're asking what I was doing tonight. And I'm like, oh, you know, just recording a podcast about this game. <laughs> normal cool guy yeah, stuff, don't worry. Cool guy stuff. It's a book club for games. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, and I, I told, I told them the concept of, of this game and I'm like, and they're like, wow, that, uh, that is really interesting. And I could tell, like, just talking about the idea of modifying your memories, uh, at like, on your de- deathbed, like made them think about it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And to be able to discuss that in the game, I think is wicked important to the plot. Where did you uh, where did you land on whether or not you were giving away the information? What information? The the confidential information that oh, I, asked I told for them. about what you're trying to change. Wow! I told I told yeah, I mean, think about it. Who's gonna sue me? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking about, but. <laughs> oh uh, rest shit! Peace, uh, no, yeah, I, I I definitely found that stuff to be fascinating too, like you said, and that that information and that kind of idea of expanding this, right? Like we we talked about this this technology during To the Moon a little bit, but it because questions like that weren't as much at the forefront uh, of the the story, or they weren't even like on the periphery of the story. Really, it was just hey, here's this technology, except that it exists. Yeah, um, it wasn't something that I struggled with quite as much. I was more interested in would I use this technology and how would it impact me and what would I wish for and like that sort of stuff. But I think the more you delve into, okay, well, like how does this fit into society? How does this impact your loved ones? How does this impact the people that use it? Is like, it becomes a fucking privacy nightmare very quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I extremely elected not to tell the, the son because I was like, Hey, no, you can't know about this because like a, I, I don't like I don't think the dad necessarily consented to give away that information. But B, and this is kind of the thing that that fucked me up. Like you're living through somebody else's memories, which means that to some degree, whatever degree those memories are not abstractions, whatever degree those memories are are given to you and are not, you know, falsified in the person's mind. Like you are privy to information that you. Like, the, everybody in his life that he talked to did not sign a privacy release saying, yeah, you can, like, look and, t- like, remember and talk about all that stuff. Like, his conversations, his early conversations with Sophia, those were not, like, that's information that it became uncomfortably intrusive and voyeuristic the more I thought about. And I kind of did a little bit a little bit of a turn and I started to sympathize way more with like Sophia and Asher in the like, hey, what is the point of this? And also then, hey, you 
shouldn't be seeing all of this information. Like, I understand that you're under the rights to, like, not, or you're under lock and key to not give that information away to everybody, but, like, you are seeing a whole person's life and, like, everything and that is, you know, whatever is chosen to be shown. I don't, you know, they pull the memories out selectively to build a story, so obviously it's not, like, you're seeing everything, mm-hmm. but it's it's way more information than you should necessarily have. You suddenly are, like you know more about that person and the person that the, the people they are close to than many of like their actual friends. It's but weird. It's a weird yeah, thing, I mean, man. So much that you meet their imaginary friend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, I yeah. assume too that this is like, because they even talk about it in the game. It's like, Hey, this is not a regular job. We put our best people on, which is like, haha, it's actually not them. They were just busy. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. um, I mean, I assume that something like, I want to be a movie star is something that it's like very, they just kind of like, boom, boom, bang, like done. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're very used to those ones. But when it comes to the abstract ones, I feel like it's something that they have to really look into. And thank God that that's the topic (laughs) that they chose instead of the other ones. But also... (laughs) But I mean, even like just with the way the technology functions, even if it's just, hey, I want to be a movie star, uh, uh, in theory, they would still have to cycle back through their life to change something in their childhood to like project them into God. that direction. Ah, but like, ah, that's so, that's so ridiculous. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever sign up for the service. Like, you know what I mean? I also, before, before I delve into that, I want to just say, yeah, dunk sandwich. Um, you talked about kind of like the implications of telling Asher this information. You get nothing but mm-hmm. a praise and award from the game for doing so because Neil just says yeah, like, that's- Hey, uh, don't worry. It's literally nothing about you. We've been traveling through. It's something else. And Neil's, uh, and then, uh, Asher's like, oh, cool, chill, chill, chill. And then nothing ever comes of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, that choice is mostly like, I think that choice was literally put there to make you think right. about it because when you choose not to tell him the information, Neil is still like, ah, I can't tell you. It's all, sorry, I'm under contract. But I can tell you that, like, you know, all the stuff with you and your family, that that's still going to stay there. He didn't want any of that yeah. changed. Um, um, and then later in the game, when you get the option to tell his wife, I said I would tell her. And she's like, ah, no, don't tell me anyway. <laughs> um, okay, well. <laughs> also, so this is a plot point that we didn't really mention because it's very minor. But he has this green book that he pretty much wrote his uh, OC in, his OC fay in. Uh, I don't know what you'd call that. <laughs> well, what would you yeah. call like? Kind of- you know, he wrote like he wrote letters and messages and you know interactions yeah. with Faye okay. in there. It, it was a journal, but it was largely a journal about his interactions with Faye so, and, like, letters to yeah, her Yeah, so he learns that these were later hidden with the secret, secret lemon and lemon and, you know, ink code that you could hold under fire and then see. <laughs> they, yes, they were written in lemon juice. That's yeah, convenient. yeah, and then you could see, um, <laughs> you could see the text. Some real, uh, um, oh, my God, what was that game? Some real The Council shit. A quick callback. A quick callback. <laughs> Louis burned the paper, and my and my story. Uh, anyways, yeah. So, um, and then Neil just gives her the book and is like, "Hey, hold this over the fire." So pretty much, he just exposed the imaginary friend to her, and I hate that. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. I hate that. I would never tell her ever. 
this whole uh, technology is a fucking privacy nightmare. But, Neil, we get this question in it that's like, do we tell them or not? And I'm like, I like this. And then Neil, <laughs> no prompt, is just like, here's this book about your husband's imaginary he friend he had till he was 23. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I don't love yeah. that. I hate that idea. Yeah. Um, anyways. Continuing compliment sandwich uh, or dunk sandwich, whatever, because I realized I didn't mention this. I actually, you at the very end of the game, you do get like a stinger scene after the cutscene, uh, cutscene after the credits. Uh, you get a, a real quick scene of like Neil sitting at a computer and two other Sigmund Corp employees who have we didn't even mention their names because they're not really important. Uh, kind of come in and are talking to him, and Neil kind of gestures at what he is working on and he says something and I don't remember the exact wording of it so I don't want to butcher it because I think the wording was very careful um but my reading of it was him implying to them I'm working on this new software that I'm not supposed to be working on and it's based off of like the idea of what Faye was able to do with Colin in a way that made me think what he was trying to do was make a software that was like could do essentially this but was much more open and like didn't require the sort of heavy interaction of actual people um and if they go that direction with the next game i think that could be a really really interesting setup and kind of like that would give them a lot of of rope to use when talking about this sort of um difficulties with this technology so i i really hope they do something with that because i thought that like most of the meta narrative stuff like you said was kind of like whatever um, when it came to, what is Neil doing with this? Uh, too much teaser. But I do think that little bit opened a huge door if they wanted yeah, to Yeah, I would route. love to see a game that did not center around going through their, a patient's memory, or did, but kind of wrapped around. I like the idea that Neil is developing something that is moral, morally questionable. Like, I kind of... I can imagine... Sorry, my dog's drinking water, and I can see it just go right through the audio here. Um, <laughs> um, I like the idea of him building like this almost like God mode world for himself uh, in a way where he can like modify hmm. his own memories. There's like there's some interesting shit, and that I could think be there's like this whole we're on some fucking Eliza yeah, shit. There's this right whole now. like um, subtext of him. Not subtext, but like reference of him needing these pills. Maybe he. Yeah, for maybe he's something? dying. I I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting. There's, I I'm not saying that it's not an interesting subplot. It's just you didn't give me enough, so I don't feel like it's something I should concern myself with. Even though I really want to concern yeah. myself with it because it sounds wicked interesting. Yeah, I, I latched onto it a lot during the playthrough of this game because, like we had mentioned earlier, it, the, the story beats felt so similar to To the Moon. I was like, oh, hey, this part is, like, totally different. I'm very interested in what they're doing here. Um, and then they kind of, like you said, they didn't they didn't quite give us enough. So I'm very curious to see what happens. I'm hoping that their next game will touch on a lot of those. They have said very, very little about their next game other than the name and the and title track. And I don't track. think that so, next game is going to have to do with the series from what I saw. It, it I don't, might. Uh, yeah. uh, in in the, the Ken Gao, Ken Gao um, the director, founder of it, uh, did 
you know, he tweeted out the title track and then uh, like referenced the fact that they have not mentioned whether or not it is related to, to the moon, but people were speculating that it might because that title track that they released, like at the end of it kind of went into a, like a musical interlude that was similar to the theme that usually plays when Neil and Ava mm. are doing stuff. Okay. So it's, it's possible, but I also don't think that'll come out for another like two years. So yeah. whatever. All right. Uh, let's, yeah, let's move yeah. on a little so, bit, though. Let's move on back to the whatever layer of the dunk oh sandwich God, we're on. It's Good so or bad. I don't know. Thick and big. I don't even know. All right. I want to talk. I want to talk real quick about imaginary friends. I don't. I really don't okay. think there are a lot of pieces of media that pull off imaginary friends. Am I wrong? No. I, no. I, I, it's something that I think is. A trope for a trope that never existed. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, what? Is this person in his head the whole time? But, like, I've never seen anything like that before very often. Maybe it's just lack of things I've watched. But, like, I don't know. I just don't see that as often. But I feel like it is a eye roll sarcastic say for a lot of things. But I actually think they handled it pretty well. Like, they kept the scenes believable that like a, this could be an imaginary friend or this could be a real person. Um, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts on like the general, I ah, was an imaginary friend the whole time theme. And would you consider Faye real or like, where do you classify Faye and Colin's mm. consciousness? Interesting questions. Uh, I, on the, on the trope, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't see it that much in media. Um, so it does feel like it is maybe seen as a trope more often than it is used as a trope. Uh, and uh, honestly, I also tend to like it when it's introduced. I usually think if it's done well, it's done very well. And it's one of those things where you can you know, rewatch or reread or replay or whatever and go, oh, yeah, you're right. Now that I'm looking at it, even though it seemed like this person was here all the time no one was ever actually interacting with them except for the you know primary character uh, and i think that's that is were done you, relatively were you able well to see here it coming uh okay. i did not see it coming i mean i saw it coming you know when they started talking about there being something weird about her i was like oh she's probably when, like there's something going on with her i don't know when that they she's were actually in the real. airplane um, and she was just chilling in the passenger seat i definitely that was, thought that was there was a part something where I was like, going on there <laughs> Yeah, she was just sort of there during his flight training. That either there's something going on or that airport should be <laughs> shut down, which it later was. Yeah, so, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I tended to to enjoy it and think it worked well. I also um, this is kind of not directly addressing the second question, but one of the things that I liked, I think about this use of it is the introduction of Faye as a character I actually didn't like because as a child Faye is like way too I guess prescient like she's too good at immediately diagnosing what's wrong with Colin and what he should be doing and she's too like easily able to see through to what's actually happening in a way that when we were initially introduced to her, I was like, uh, this just feels like maybe somebody didn't know how to write a kid. Um, and then on the reveal of her being an imaginary friend, it was like, oh, that makes right. a lot more sense because in context, she did know because she was just his subconscious. All right, I like that. Um, so I think that 
they did pretty well, and I was pretty happy with that. Um, now, when you say, was Faye so, real, elaborate a little okay. on what you mean there. If I said, if I told you Colin and Faye had a fun time on the hill playing music, mm-hmm. did that actually happen? Do you think hmm. that actually happened? What's your kind of like perception of that? Or did Colin just have a fun time by himself? Like if if I were to tell you about a good old friend and that friend was an imaginary friend that I told you, you know, I, I revealed to you later it was an imaginary friend, what would your kind of like how would you perceive Faye as would you even think of them as a person? Like how would you you might not have the answer to this, this but it is fucking me up a <laughs> little bit. Uh, okay. Like, what is I, real I, interaction? I think that's a fascinating yeah. question. So, I would say, if you if you said, you know, Colin and Faye had a good time playing music on the hill, and then say, did that actually happen? My instinct is to say, mm-hmm. no, that did not actually happen, because Faye is... Uh, you know, she is a projection of Colin's subconscious into the world, right? It was just Colin that was on that hill. The thing that I would then say is, I don't think Faye is real. That does not mean that her importance and emotional attachment to, or and Colin's emotional attachment to her were not real. Like, the impact of what said emotional or imaginary friend had is a very real thing. And I think you can see this in any young children that have imaginary friends. But I think their, you know, imaginary friends are not inherently real. Like, there's nothing I could grab onto and be like, oh, yes, well, this agency, like, they don't have agency for anything because they are a projection of, of subconscious or conscious mind. So if I point. said Alex I and think. Sonic had a fun time at the park... <laughs> well, I mean, if we wanted to drag me it's when okay. I was it's six, okay. the yeah, sure. Is my friend, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> None of yeah, us were yeah, cool. Yeah. It's I, I feel the opposite to you. I do think. I think really the sentence, Faye and Colin had a good time playing music on the hill is real. I think it's important to know the context, but I do think <laughs> that that is real because I think that. I think it's important to acknowledge that he I think it's about perception of Colin and the perception of Colin is that she is real. And I think it is a weird kind of respect I have for his like his loneliness and like the way that he handles it of being like, well, if I can't make friends, I'm just going to make one up. And I'm going to write about her. And, like, mm-hmm. I think it's more so I want it to be real with him. And, I, you know, I'd much rather him have, have a real ding-dang friend. But, like, you know, I mean, it's a certain – I don't know. It doesn't make as much sense now that I'm saying it. But I like saying – it makes more sense to me in my head to be like, yes, that that actually happened because it happened within his consciousness. Because, like, I mean, yes, you are physically real, but, like – what is real to me versus what is real to Colin is very different. You know what I mean? Like if it's real to him that she exists, then it actually happened because we're seeing it in his memory. So like my memory of spending time with you is just as real as his memory of spending time with Faye. 
and that's that's what fucks me up. You know what I mean? If you think about hmm. it in the exact yeah. context of the so, game. So, I was going to say, yeah, it, I think the equation, for lack of a better word, does change if you are thinking about it in the context of the game was, is she real in Colin's sure. memories? Because I was more looking at it from a third party, like, hey, you told me Colin and Faye did this. Was Faye real? No. But was she real to Colin? Yeah. Yes. There's like she some was suspense a... of belief here of being like, Colin actually did see Faye. You know what I mean? But I don't think, if this is a real thing mm-hmm. that happened in real life, I don't think he saw her like that. But then again, I don't know how those kind no. of... Um, how those work? Because I didn't see a big, a big spiky-haired man in a red coat. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's possible he was having literal hallucinations, but I think the vast majority of times that people refer to having an imaginary friend, it's not like an audio-visual thing. It is a subconscious or a I, I use the word subconscious. I don't think it's subconscious. I think it's usually very conscious, um, like projection as opposed to anything else. And I, I think. Yeah, talking about it, and it gets sticky talking about it in terms like that. And I, I do, do I understand what you're saying, and I think I agree with a lot of it. I think just when you talk about the terminology, it depends on the the perspective you're sure. looking at it I from. Agree too. But I think the one thing that we can definitely both agree on is whatever like happened, like all of the impacts that Faye had on Colin's life were real. None of those were, you know imaginary her pushing him to go get his pilot's license like that is something that is most easily attributed to Faye even though it's something that Colin did for himself it you know it is a real effect that this imaginary friend had on his Colin life an asshole for just forgetting all of his adult life I'm confused on why Colin doesn't just say I had an imaginary friend I want to say goodbye to. That's, I don't know I, mean, <laughs> I don't know I feel like that's the real thing he wanted he wanted us to know about her and he wanted to see her in the end like that all makes sense to me but you can't for a plot you can't tell us that then because that's the stinger and I really think that's why all this regret yeah. stuff happened is because they're like ah shit we can't we can't tell him yet let's just make something up that hmm. works you know what I mean? In the context. And I think they spent so much time trying to uh, excuse it rather than just saying, hey, he lied. Because <laughs> I think that's also <laughs> awesome. It's just being like, no, he just lied. And I think that adds more to Colin's character. But yeah, I, I actually oh, I, I think I agree with you there. I wish they would have just gone more in that direction of being like, oh, it's very clear now the thing that Colin wanted was for somebody else to recognize Faye and, like, appreciate her for what she was as opposed yeah. to just him. I just don't th- I don't think they made that pitch if that's what they were going for. I don't think also, they landed that pitch. mad respect, because uh, they didn't make any weird romantic scenes with his imaginary friend. I think that would have been weird, right? <laughs> Do you think they happened, though? Yeah, that would have been very bad. I don't, okay. I don't want to speculate on what Colin did in his adolescence <laughs> with the girl next door, imaginary okay. uh, let's move on, please, to anything else. Anything else. Hey, uh, did <laughs> yes. some of the RPG maker, like some of the, the resolution, <laughs> did that bother you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was beautiful. Um, yeah, man, that's the other thing. If we're back on the dunk sandwich, playing this game fucking sucks. Like... Moving around in this game feels so bad. I really hope if they make another one, it is not in 
whatever. I, I don't actually know if the second one was still an RPG maker. I, I think it was, but I hope whatever engine they use is different because, like, you move around, you know, you move around, you can walk using the arrow keys or WASD or you can click, but, like, it's free movement, but it's still on a grid the way that, like, uh, Pokemon, a lot of old yeah. RPGs were. But, like, the grid is so, like, you can tell, even without seeing the grid, that the squares that you are moving on are very big. So you'll, like, let go of the move right key, and it'll take a little bit to stop because you have to position yourself in the center of that grid. And, like, it becomes difficult to talk using the space bar to people or, like, click on objects because it's just, like not centered the way you would expect it to be it just feels very bad to play yeah i'm not in love with the the rpg maker engine and all of its proclivities and like i could even tell during like the some of the battle scenes like ooh, they're really really leaning on that engine i i don't think it's like uh uh, i don't know i don't i don't want to say anything I, i agree with you on all those fronts please add a run button I know you can make it happen. Just add a run. Oh button. my god! You ran in a different scene. Just, just let me. Let I know me we do talked that. about this under the moon, but please just let me run. It would be a god blessing. I don't care if the game is shorter. I will still buy it for ten or fifteen dollars. Just add a fucking run button, please. Yes. Or at least a walk <laughs> swiftly button, and then use like take that away consciously when scenes when you want us to really That's move fine. slowly or something. It anything. Was, uh, especially with the amount of backtracking they've, they've you have to do. Um, They're like, ha, at least there's no backtracking. <laughs> the, or they say backtracking. Ah, it's the only time we've actually had to do it this whole time, which is great. Yeah, they they are aware of it. They have fun yeah. with it. But um, yeah, I, it, it was not enough to stop me from enjoying or playing the game. It's just enough that it's like, ooh, that makes it a harder recommendation for people who are not like, this is a game, like, this and To the Moon are both games that I would love, like, my mom to play, and she doesn't play video games, but I think the stories would really work, in, like, touch her, but I think that it's also a hard sell in this engine, which feels clunky to somebody who has played a lot of games. I imagine it would feel clunkier to someone who hasn't, or maybe I'm wrong, maybe it would actually be the other way around and you wouldn't notice as much, I don't know. No, but that's all play, that's all play. We're done, we're done, we're done talking about RPG Maker. That's a natural transition, right? <laughs> That's the most natural feeling transition. You can tell we didn't have to cut anything out. We are there. done talking about RPG Maker. We will be now moving on to the next topic. Good. For this next... Much better. For this Sounds next totally topic, normal. I would like to ask Alec a question. I should okay, not... I feel like I'm on a I very posh game show. Name. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. Dox me. You won't. I will. <laughs> I I'm probably the only one that can in this kind of circle. Actually, there are a lot of people who could. Hey, dox, don't dox. Yeah, the Alex. internet's a bad, scary fun. place. Don't dox me. Don't dox yeah. me. I don't what would deserve you even it. Do with that information. Anyways, all right. Would you accept the question? Okay, great. Yes, I accept the question. Um, this comes from a listener. Uh, Duncan is the listener who asked this question. Uh, would okay. you ever work for Sigma Corp? Would you ever do it? Would you would you put the headset on and go through someone's memories backwards? Something we probably did talk about last mm. time, but hey, we're here to do it again. We're here to do it again. And it's good that we got that sort of introduction so we know what it would sound like if you ever read um, emails from listeners, and it was interesting. <laughs> um, would I ever work for Sigmund Corp? 
here's as the thing. a traveler, uh, and not it, a consult. <laughs> as a yes, as I previously mentioned, I think this technology is a privacy hellscape. That being <laughs> said, if I was the one doing the traveling, I know I can keep my mouth can shut. You? And I know I wouldn't tell the family anything. <laughs> but you would get on Discord and be like, <laughs> and yo, you never believe. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down like, Duncan, you got to hear about what this dumb idiot did at work today. Oh, right before he died. Um, I It would be fucking fascinating, though. Like, what, it, imagine how fascinating that would be. Like, just to get such in-depth snapshots of people's lives from their own perspective. Like, oh my god, it would be so cool. Like, for lack of a better word, because cool is not really... It doesn't quite have the gravity that I wanted there. But it, it would be really, really, really interesting to go into the mind of a dying person and see how they became them and what triggers you could change to make them someone else. That's and just how easy it seems to do that. Like, like they only have to change a couple yeah. things into the moon to make him think that he became an astronaut. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they have to change one thing. They get rid of one person at a particular point, and he's like, fuck, I guess I'm going to be an yeah, astronaut it's pretty now. wild there. Um, so, I also would, but I do like how you're like, you know what, cool doesn't really paint an accurate picture of how I feel about this. How about I use the term really, really, really interesting? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know the sandwich on you, but I, I do agree. <laughs> there is so much snapshots of someone's life that you could see. I, it would be an impossible position for me to turn down. I think I would actually really struggle with not talking to anyone about it, including the family. Um, or I'd mm. slip and say something dumb and accidentally expose the, the person. Yeah. <laughs> He was a great man, except for that weird affair he had oh. when he was... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You didn't know about that one? And uh, I don't know. But I do think... I do really think at the end of the day, I'd have a very hard time coming home and feeling like I did someone just. Because I would never want this service. Don't give it to me. It's... Yeah. It's, it's silly. I mean, what am I going to... I'm going to think... I might... I'll enjoy it's, it for the exactly. three hours I'm comatose That's the before I die. Part. Like, I, I, there's not enough time for me to believe that I did the things that I wanted to do. You know, and and, and mm-hmm. I don't think dying. I, oh, this is getting messy. I don't think there's any dying peaceful. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. Like, if I died in my sleep, <laughs> that's the shit. That's the shit right there. But, like, I I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think, especially if you're in a comatose state, are you even realizing, like, these things happened? What's the point? Yeah, What's the point? I don't know. And they they very explicitly do not talk about that in the game because I think they don't have the answer. But I think, yeah, I, I the service is not great. I think the other thing, which I'm just now thinking about in terms of working for them, is I think it would be really hard. I think going through and getting such an intimate view of somebody's life and knowing them, you know, in the case of Colin relatively well, in the case of Johnny and To the Moon, I think they were there for a couple of days and it was like an extremely 
um, intense thing, and we got a lot more out of him, like knowing them so deeply. And then as soon as you're done doing something, they're immediately dead. That would be really difficult and draining, I think, to like. Yeah. It's like watching a very, very sad movie times 100 every single day you yeah. go to work. That might actually... Maybe it's a job that I would love to have for a week. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> or, I'd love That'd to be do cool. the paperwork for Sigmund Corp, where I just get to see a report of the memories, and I go, oh, cool. And then I just stamp it, and then I put it in the outbox. <laughs> 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 stamp it as i read that <laughs> Stop. Cool. the best job that you know that they always have <laughs> the doctor gives the papers that it doesn't look good and then i look at it and i go nope it really doesn't and then i stamp it and then i give it back to the doctor <laughs> <laughs> funny funny stuff oh administrative bloat so, man. it's getting out of control yeah i think um, that's enough to wrap it up did you have yes. anything else to say before i uh not about this game we gave all our thoughts up front i don't feel like i have anything to add on to those this time so hey go check it out go check out to the moon go check out um once again finding paradise uh produced by freebird studios go check them out on twitter at whatever their twitter handle is i didn't look it up uh they have a website that has they've got like five other games out right now um to the moon was their other like big tentpole one and uh bird story between the two so go check those out as well um yeah support support the developers they're i think their next one is called imposter factory i want to say which is a fucking good name so i'm really interested in in what that ends up being if nothing else it's a good fucking name uh maybe no i hope it's it great <laughs> so um next t- in the next two weeks from today from when this posts Oh, get ready for the spooks and chills. The bones, your bones will shiver in the night sky. Is that anything? Okay, That's okay, nothing, all right. All right. <laughs> your bones will shiver <laughs> in under the, the night, night sky. sky. Our Halloween episode is coming up. And for this Halloween episode, we couldn't find a good Halloween game that we thought would be like, you know, <laughs> indie or like interesting so we just gonna play resident evil 7 and i'm gonna spook the pants out of alex and i got the confidence that tells me i'm gonna be fine i'll be fine that's the both of those statements are true i have full faith that duncan will be fine i have full faith that i might not not beat this game I'm because really not i'm so fuck i live alone now i'm gonna be murdered your full last name and that you live alone you're going to get doxed and murdered. Oh, yeah. People people are going to Google my last name and lives alone, and I'll show my fucking address. <laughs> um, so look forward to that episode. We're hoping it's going to be a good spooky episode. Probably won't do a story summary for this one because it's like seven or nine hours or whatever. So it's nine hours or something. But a lot of that might just be because people are scared going I doubt through it. it. Um, so... Look out look out for that we'll episode. We'll Maybe see. something else if Alex and I are too scared to finish because that's a very realistic possibility. Yeah. And hey, if you have a spooky horror game that you know of that you want to let us know about, definitely uh, hit us up on, on Twitter or we'll give all that stuff. But we, we definitely take suggestions. And if you are like, man, I don't want to wait that long to binge some good Halloween content in this The Lord's month of spookiness, I did. I fucked that one up so bad. Hey, I'm leaving the Discord call now. <laughs> you can finish this.
this one on your own. I don't want to be associated. My bad. With it. My bad. Uh, I just was gonna say, hey, if you want to check out the the rest of our content, we've done three Halloween episodes in the past. So go check out our episode on Soma from 2016. Go check out our episode on Doki Doki Literature Club from 2018. Uh, and go check out our episode on I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream from 2018. Um, all very good games that... Uh, I love our I Have No Mouth and I Must, uh, I have no mouth and I must Scream episode. It was, was one of my favorites. a ton of fun. And I think Doki Doki and Soma were just generally amazing games. Go play yeah. those games if you haven't, honestly. Don't those play games I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. It, just listen to our episode on Maybe play it with a guide open, or better yet, read the short story and listen to our episode and don't play the game. Who knows? Yeah, that's actually the very... The short story kicks ass. So, all right. All right. That's enough of that. Enough yeah. self, self-love. self More self-love to follow. All right. We love... <laughs> enough self-love. All right. Here's At our Twitter. Thoughts from Pleat P1 is our Twitter. At Thoughts from P1. And I think some <laughs> difficulties with pronunciation today. Uh, At Thoughts from P1 is our Twitter. Me too. It's fine. So you can find us there facebook you just search thoughts from player one we'd love to see you our email address is thoughts from player one at gmail.com uh email us with any feedback any um you know games you want us to play or questions about games we've already played and um leave us an itunes review because apparently that helps a lot i know you might not use itunes but if you sign up for it or just you know kind of just drop us one we'd love we'd love it and we'll uh We'll give you a shout out to 50 or 60 people because honestly, how many people do you really want to know your name? <laughs> right? I don't know, but they all know mine now. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck uh, so that's the advantage of leaving a review on a smaller podcast, right? It's because less people know that you exist. Yeah, that's okay, what you cool, want. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> all right. Well, with that being said, we are transitioning into our new outro. Um, Alex, you want to give me a price on this? Hey, Al- Alex, Alex, I, br- I found hey, this yeah. podcast in an aisle, but it doesn't have a tag on it. Oh, this one? Let me just... Uh, beep. Yeah, it looks like this one. Uh, let's see. Oh, hold on. Apply the 15% oh. discount. Yeah. All right. That is going to be 1842 oh, A glorious deal. Pleasure doing business with you. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you, boys. <laughs> Boys and girls, pleasure doing I don't know. with you. I don't this know what sucks. a good price this is. This sucks. We didn't this set sucks. up a metric. This sucks again. We can't do an outro. There's nothing that'll ever work. We, hey, well, can our new outro just hold be on. this sucks, hold this on. sucks, this sucks. There's nothing we could ever do. And then it just hates into the music. <laughs> We've probably used <laughs> that before. You said hold uh, on. Do you really have anything? I was trying to think maybe we can just get a good one real quick. All right, just let's a just fire fucking off. stinger. Rapid just fire, a one-line stinger. Okay, go. Thank you for... And thanks for thanks for being a thought. <laughs> oh, thanks for being my thought. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks for being in my thoughts. Hey, I'm... You're, thanks for you're playing with us. Thoughts. Think of you later. Oh, we'll always keep Holy you in our shit. thoughts. We'll always... Thoughts and prayers. I don't want religion in my podcast. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll always keep you in our thoughts. It feels Uh, feels very Christian, you know? Like old aunt, you know? Like like your cousin just died and she's like, well, I'll keep you in my thoughts, you know? I'm not not in love with it. Yeah, I don't need any of that fucking condolences (laughs) shit, man.
If you're going to give me condolences, <laughs> fuck me up with some condolences. You know what I mean? Like, send me send me some food, you know? Can we just, like... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to Google bad greeting <laughs> cards, and I'm just going to read a bad okay, greeting I'm card. I'm going to read good greeting cards. Good, sorry for your loss messages. <laughs> Accept my condolences. <laughs> Accept there you them. go. Accept hey, my is condolences. Hey, condolence memes a thing? No. <laughs> I hope so, though. Hey, here's a good, a good outro. Here's a, a birthday poem uh-huh. greeting card. The seasons change, the years will pass, until there's wrinkles on your ass. Oh, happy, happy birthday! birthday. <laughs> How about this? How about this? <laughs> <laughs>